This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Are we ready? We're sure? Oh God, I thank you. Mm. How many of us have had a good week so far? How many of us have had the worst week so far? Praise God, that person is not in this house. Amen. So we're working with people who've either had a good week. I heard someone said, pretty average. What's average? What's average? Normal? Normal? Interesting. There are some things that, you know, we consider normal at times. You know. What's your normal? What's your normal? You know, at times, our normal is nothing has changed. The pain is still there. Can't get rid of it. I've not had any worse news. But it's still as bad as it is. There are some normals that are like that. And there are some normals that considers, oh well, it's still the same thing. Still the same thing. Any news, no news. Still the same thing. And there are some normal. Who has it, have it this way? God is on the throne. Regardless, God is on the throne. And I'm winning on every side. And that's not to say you're lying. It just means that you're trusting God much more than your situation. I'm winning on every side. And at times, you don't have to look like you're winning to confess being a winner on every side. Are we still here with me? At times we don't feel like we are winning. Does not mean that you are losing either. And because we humans, we usually or mostly respond to the way we feel, we feel like it's not better, but it's not worse. It's not the worst place you have been. Some of us, the worst days are behind us. But the question is, what is your confession? What is your confession? Your condition. Can I say this? Your condition should not be a determinant. Of your confession. Who's still here? Does that make sense? That you're not feeling great right now does not mean that your mouth should say something different. That your heart should believe something different. See, our confession is not only something that, that comes out of our mouth. It's something that we believe. 
It's something that we are ready to give ourselves for. So what we say is a result of what we have believed. What we say is a result of what we've believed. Because until we've believed it, it doesn't come out of our mouth. And that is why the Bible talks about, you know, as a man thinks, so he is. Why? Because it is what he's thinking that he will become. And it's what he becomes that he talks about. True? It's the way we are thinking, the way our thoughts is what forms us. But at times you need to believe beyond your thoughts pattern. You need to believe in something higher, something more, um, more liberating. The word of God is liberating. The word of God is liberating. That's why it's gospel. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He didn't say it shall set you free. He said shall make you free. And he said, if the Son of God sets you free, you're free indeed. So it's the Son that sets free, but the truth that makes free. So, so what does that mean? The Son sets you free by the works, by his works on the cross. You're free. You're set free. But it's completely up to you to walk out a free person. You might be a free person. Without your knowledge, you are still locked up. Without changing the way you think, you're still locked up. You might be walking free on the street. You might be on your own, living in your own house. Um, but you're still having the mindset of someone who's been locked up. Some of us have grown up with a particular mentality that we, we, regardless of where we have now found ourselves, is not changed our mentality yet. Now we've been fed, you know, beautiful, amazing food from the table of the master. But we still feel like, oh God, what we deserve is the crumbs that fall from the master's table. It shouldn't be so. Although we lived for a while with the crumbs that fell from the master's table, does not mean we cannot be elevated to sit at the same table with the master. And that's what he's done by the death of Jesus Christ. To bring us from the lowest of the low and bring us up to the place where the master can call us his friends. His brothers and sisters, his sons and daughters. So at times it's important for us to change the way we think, to try to consider, understand the new place where you find yourself now. I love Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says, He says, He, he prepared a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Interesting that right, it's not only your friends that are there, but your enemies are there as well. And your enemies, you know, one of the things they do is to help you remember where you've always been. And they want to keep you there. The place where there is nothing. 
You know, the place where you are nothing, the place where they, you are bullied, the place where you always amount to nothing and your mindset is now wrapped around the idea that you are nothing, but it says he prepares a table before me. If he has stopped at he prepares a table, then we're not quite sure who the table is for. But he said before me. In the presence of my enemies. So when we talk about enemies at times, it's not even about people. Because the enemy of our soul is the devil. But even much more are the wrong ideas that we've grown up with. Because the idea stands against you. Every time you want to make a good move, the ideas tell you, no, you, you know you've tried that before, it never worked. Who tells you it's going to work this time? But before now, you were on your own. But now, you are with the master. There's a difference. The landlord of the house has changed. There's a difference. He's the lord of your life now. When you used to, you know, handle all your own, uh, you know, business, it's gone. He now handles your business. The fact is, you can't pay him. You didn't pay him. You will not pay him. But he's glad to handle your business. He's glad to assist you. He's glad to stand by you. He's, he, he's glad to comfort you when things are going wrong. He's glad. And he's, all he's wanting you to do is to open your eyes and feed from the table he has set before you in the presence of all your enemies. Of all those defeating thoughts. The thought that say you're not good enough. Who says you're not good enough? He did not say you're not good enough. He sent Jesus to die for you. If you weren't good enough, he wouldn't care about you. But he cares about you. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ. He cares about you. He puts his spirit inside of you. It's true. When was the last time? Okay, hold on, hold on. You're right here at church right now. You think you brought yourself? Not really. The Holy Spirit motivated you to be here. Amen. It's true. You cannot serve God without the Holy Spirit. You are listening to me right now. You think you're just listening to me because you wanted to. No, the Holy Spirit is helping you. To open your heart to this word that I'm speaking. So think about it. If you were on your own, you, you wouldn't be here. You're here right now. You're listening to me right now because you're not on your own. And the Holy Spirit has found a place in you to dwell. And it's not there to hide. It's not there to car under any circumstance. It's not there to car under your circumstance. He's there to make you a victor that you are. That's why he's there. So allow him to do his job while you do yours. And what's his job? The Bible tells us, Exodus. He said, the Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. Who does the fighting? Who holds your peace? You. That's your job. Hold your peace. Hold your position. Stand in the place that he's created you for. And while he does the fighting. 
So let his word change your mi mindset, change your mentality until you allow his word to sink, to, to seep into that weird mentality of yours. You continue to doubt the place that he has created for you. He said he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And who knows, maybe the enemies will never go. Maybe the enemies will always be there. But he's going to prove that he's your shepherd. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's always going to show and prove that, you know what, I'm your shepherd. And to be honest with you, it's not a big deal when the opposition is not there. It is when the opposition is there that is a big deal. That it starts to make sense. It takes for some... Mm, you cannot find a winner where there's no loser. Uh-huh. Thank God you got it. Amen. There is no winner where there is no loser. There is no first position where there is no last position. There is no one who is winning where there is no one who is losing. There is no good without the understanding of evil. True? So you will not understand victory if you don't understand the idea of defeat. It's true. But that is not to say that you have to be defeated. But the devil will tell you that, hey, well, you cannot experience victory without defeat. No, you can there are some of us who are born to just only experience victory. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's good. We only experience victory. That is not to say there aren't challenges. But you cannot be knocked out. There might be challenges, but you're, you, you're not knocked out. You're not knocked out. That's what Paul said. He said... Every day, we are being, you know, battered. It's a, but we are not knocked out. We are not knocked out. See, because we are more than conquerors. Ha, ha. So we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. The battle is not yours. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. And, and it's the truth. Because until we rise to this understanding, our mentality will still keep holding us back down. And you don't want that to continue to happen. When the word of God seeps into your spirit and for a moment you are alive, but almost immediately you step into reality and your mindset goes, no, you see, it's still the same thing. But if I were you, I'd say, let God be God and every other thing a liar. It's true. Let God be true. Let God be true. You know, at times it's, it's important for us to give God the opportunity to work in our lives. Is it, but, but, but he's God. He can do whatever he wants. No, not without your permission. Is it, but, but, but that's why he wants to be the Lord of your life, but he did not impose himself on you. He gives you the choice. 
You want to come? I lay before you life and death, blessing and curse. But then he gave you the, the choice. They choose you this day. Come on. Choose life that you may live. But some of us, we've got choice, right? And we like control. You know, for some of us, you go, um, this road is really good. And I'd like you to take this road. Because you don't want to be controlled. You go, nah, I'm going to make my own decision. I'm taking this road. And then you take the other way. And at times, you start to see difficult things happen. But I, I'd rather, I'd rather be informed right. I'd rather learn what is going to happen. I'd rather trust in those who has gone before me. I'd rather trust in him who can see everything. Whose plan I'm a part of. You see, at times, we want God to be a part of our plan. No, he cannot be a part of our plan. We are only part of his plan. You understand? He can't be a part of our plan because he planned everything. I want you to go this way. God says, I've already set a path ahead of you to walk in. And that's why the Bible tells us in Psalm 119, it said, For your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, your word, that's verse 105, 119 verse 105. So your word shows me where I'm at right now and it shows me my future direction. It shows me. So it's a lamp unto my feet. I can see where I'm at. Thank you, God. I can see where I'm at. I'm dancing in your victory. But what's going to happen tomorrow? Your word still shows me where I'm going. But if you go, I'm dancing right now in your victory, and then you walk out, and you still don't have the word of God in your lips, what do you think? You can see where you're going. But that's why at times we come to church, we get hyped up, so to speak. We get motivated, we get inspired, and then you walk out the door, and it feels like you've not been anywhere. It feels like nothing has changed. And at times you ask, but where is that Holy Spirit I had just a few minutes ago? Where is that Holy Spirit? How come? How come you left me by myself? At times our Holy Spirit, the lamp of our Holy Spirit, only burns for three hours maximum. And then it goes out. And then we're wondering... Where's that whole presence, that almost tangible presence of the Holy Spirit? When I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit. In fact, five minutes later, you couldn't stop speaking in other tongues, right? And then you're still going, and you're still going. Then all of a sudden, someone knocks, and it feels like the Holy Spirit just flew out of the room. And then you open the door. Hey, hello. <laughs> okay. Uh, the mail. <laughs> What's that? The bill. Oh, no, God. Bill. Not again. Not again. You see, at times we allow ourselves to sip, sip back into what we call the normal world, the normal life, reality. But what's more real than God's word? The, who, the, the word of God which is able to make you wise and give you an inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. The word of God that can keep you high in the air. It's not that you are not... You know, walking in reality just means that you're walking in God's word. You know, you see that bill that comes through the door and you go, Whoa, ha, okay, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is not to say the money is not coming out of your pocket, but you know who your supplier's supply is. The source of your supply is 
my God. How about thinking about it and always look for ways to personify your God? Don't just go about saying, uh, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. Yeah, but what's the relationship with you? If my kids are talking about me, I think they will say my dad. They won't just go, dad will, dad will. Say, but my dad. My kids are in trouble saying my dad is coming for me. You know, they call me at school or from, from, from work to come pick up my, my kids at school. Do you know who they're going to call? They're not just going to call any dad. They're going to call my kid's dad, right? And when my kids are speaking to their teachers, they, they will say, my dad is coming for me. Uh, have you ever told the enemy, but my God is walking beside me. He's working for me. He's together in this with me. Why? Because he's my God. He's Abba Father. Abba, Father. You know, at times, we need to, we need to approach him and, and, and talk about him with words of endearment. My God. My, my first love. The one who walks beside me. The devil will be confused. I, I didn't realize you had that kind of relationship with him. Yeah, of course. I do. I do. And you are not lying. Because it says he will be with you for the rest of your day. He will be with you. And if he says he will be with you, why not lock yourself into that promise? Are you still here? Lock yourself into the promise. So I will be with you. Oh. He says he will be with me. And things are going on and you're crying. You find yourself crying. But, but then you all, all of a sudden realize. He says, I will be with you. Then, take him for his word. Would you take him for his word? And go, he says he will be with me. So that means he's right here. That means he didn't go home. <laughs> that means he didn't just fly through the window. That means he's still here. Regardless of how I'm feeling, he's still right here. He did never, he did not ever say that at some point you look for me, you won't find me. He said, no, I'll be with you. Even when you go through the fire, it will not burn you. When you go through the waters, he said, it will not drown you. Why? Because I'm with you. In the book of Jonah, Jonah confesses, he said, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. What does that mean? You look around your circumstances, you forsake Probably intentionally, probably by the way you have already fixed your mind, you forsake the help around you. You look at the circumstances, all of a sudden your heart sinks. You're going, oh no, not again. But have you forgotten that he said, I will be with you. I will be with you. And he didn't say, I will be with you until you die. He said, till the end of the age. In other words, forever. Even when you are no longer here, he's still with you. Can you carry that along? Just the same way you don't, you don't lose your last name. Even when you are dead, they still refer to you by your last name. True? It's true. You, you never lose your last name. 
So well, what do you mean? Well, when I got married, I lost my father's name. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? All right, whatever, but you still have a last name. But you never forget that you were born by some so-so-and-so person. You never lose that connection. Why? Because there is a transfer of relationship. There is a transfer of identity. There is a transfer of genetics, actually. That his, his blood is what motivates and regenerates your body. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it said, If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You think about that for a moment. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit. King James Version for a moment. Look at this. So, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell, what does it mean to dwell? It doesn't go home. He stays in you. He remains. He finds his abode. He lives. His address, his new address is in you. Are you still here? So, so if that same spirit finds his residence in you that regardless of where you think he's gone, he's coming back home to you. Right? So if he dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. The word quicken is to make alive, to bring alive. All right? So regardless of whatever is dead in your life, the same spirit brings it alive. It quickens it. Now, it says that same spirit shall also quicken Make alive, bring to life, vitalize. Are you still here? Shall also vitalize, nourish your mortal bodies. By the same spirit that dwells in you. Shall make alive, shall bring to life, shall cause to be alive. shall consistently support the life in you. Amen. So what am I saying to you tonight? Let your confession remain sure. Regardless of your circumstance, let your circumstance not determine your confession. You see, your condition might be really terrible, but let your confession be stable. The Bible says, Psalm 119 again, I believe verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed, is settled in heaven. It's settled. It's settled. Say with me, settled. settled yeah. Your word is settled. Or oh, let's use the other word, it's fixed. In other words, it doesn't change. Forever, O oh Lord, your word never changes in heaven. And as it is in heaven, so will it be on earth. Are you still here? 
So allow God's heaven to come down in your life so that your life will continue to experience the God life. Zoe. The God's kind of life. Why? Because you're a child of God. So if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit should bring life to your mortal bodies. And your mindset is part of your mortal body. And you allow God's word to seep into your mindset. That you don't lose your confession because of what you're experiencing. That you don't lose your confession because of what your challenges may be. Those challenges may not change yet because you have not been confessing right. Uh, did you get that? Until you start to confess right, at times the challenges would not change. Do you know it's not the money that will fix the challenges? It's not money because anything else can come up and take the money away. It's a, well, well, when I win lottery, lottery does not get rid of poverty. Do you understand? Poverty is a spirit. What sorts it is not money. Well, that's a topic for another day. It's a spirit. It attaches itself to your spirit, you're done. Regardless of how much you get, you will always be asking for more. You will always be begging. All right? But you can change your mindset that even with $10,000 to your name, you live as though you are a millionaire. That to the, to the point where your dollar, the, your dollar value increases even much more. Are you still here? Do you know one Australian dollar is currently 69 US cents? At times it comes back to 68. And the more it falls, some of us we're going, oh God, oh God, oh God. Why? Because things just get more expensive. You can't even shop online. Why? Because the value of your dollar is reducing. Listen to this. One Australian dollar currently, I think it's about 40 British pence. So in other words, one British pound will buy possibly two and a half Australian dollars. That's quite interesting. It is the value of the currency. Even worse still. One Australian dollar is 258 Nigerian Naira. 258. There were those days it used to be on par. One dollar to one Naira. In the 80s, it used to be at par. One Nigerian Naira to one US dollar. It used to be at par. It used to. It used to. Used to. So what happened? Why, why am I telling you this? There are times God puts value on your resources that the exchange rate of the world is way lower than what you've got in your hand. It's true. It puts value on it. Why? Because you are working according to God's principles. You are working in the heavenly economy. He puts value on your currency. 
So you might have the same $500 that I have, but mine buys more things than yours. God gives me the wisdom on how to manage my resources, and yet I do not reduce my lifestyle. My lifestyle is not affected. And yet you look at my pain slip, it's reading exactly the same way, we, it's the same thing both of you, uh, both of us are earning, but I'm living better. Why? Because God puts value, more, much more value, and who knows, in possibly spiritual tenses, my one Australian dollar is buying two or five of your, your dollar. In spiritual tenses. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Oh, I love, I love Mary. Mary said to the people standing by, said, whatever Jesus asked you to do, do it. Do it. They didn't know, but they just believed. They just believed. And at times, at times, you don't even need to know how these things work. Just believe. Because anyone who believes sees a miracle. If you know how the miracle is going to happen, it's no longer a miracle. Right? And the reason why it's a miracle is no one else can do it. Only God can make it happen. And it also suggests that it's the end of the road. It's possible it's not going to happen. But then God causes it to happen. Walk in the spirit. Believe God's word. Make your confessions stronger. And get your confessions right. Don't let your confession be geared towards religiosity or towards tradition. Let it be geared towards the spirit of God. I'm born of God. Greater is he that is in me than he does in the world. My righteousness is of him. I'm not perfect on my own, but he's my perfection. And I lean in on him. You get it? Confess God's word. Confess God's word. And let him change your life. Much more than ever before. Let him put value. Much more value on your resources. So that you can live a great life. That right in the presence of your enemy, you can still see the table prepared before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we stand on our feet? Lord, we praise you. We honor you. We adore you, God. Oh, our worship is right. Our confession is right. Lord, we don't we, we, our confession is not determined by our circumstances. That we are feeling bad does not mean you are not here with us. But you are our God. You are our Lord. You look after us. We will praise you, God. Because you are always with us. You never go home because you found a home in us. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. The devil might be lurking around, but we are not afraid because we are not the one fighting. You are the one doing the fighting. And we are standing in the victory that you've given us, God. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419, The Transedge. A change is inevitable.